0: ChumbaCasino.com. No no by law, 80 plus charts and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Tis the season. How are you?
1: Oh, my goodness. I really do love this time of year and need it more than I ever have before, Keith. So I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> as the Jonas Brothers say,
2: I need you Christmas. I do, in fact, need you Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> or I just need you holiday season if you don't celebrate yes. Christmas. Pick All holiday. the above. Be all the above. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and sometimes the holidays on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Bad Bunny makes history on the charts. His new album, El Ultimo Tour del Mundo, debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, becoming the first all-Spanish language album at number one in the 64-year history of the chart. Woo! Yeah. Plus, over on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, Mariah Carey's holiday favorite, All I Want for Christmas Is You, is knocking on the number one door, yet again, as the song rises 14 to 2.
1: And speaking of Mariah, we'll be talking about my festive interview with the pop legend. Yes! And we'll be going over some of the biggest new holiday songs of the 2020 season, including Carrie's own Oh Santa, featuring Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. So stay tuned for that in just a minute. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com podcasts.
2: Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Bad Bunny earns his first number one and makes history in the process. His new studio effort, El Ultimo Tour del Mundo, debuts atop the list, marking the first all-Spanish language album to reach number one in the, like we said earlier, 64-year history of the all-genre chart. The album starts with 116,000 equivalent album units earned in the United States in the week ending December 3rd, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. The previous highest-charting all-Spanish language album came actually earlier this year when Bad Bunny's own YHLQMDLG debuted and peaked at number two on the chart dated March 14th. Previously, I remember that it stood for something that was the effect yes. of, I do what I want. Yeah. I, it's something in Spanish, kind of like, I do what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, and he does. Previously, <laughs> only two albums that were at least half Spanish had reached number one, Il Divos and Cora in 2006, which might surprise some people, I suppose. And Selena's Dreaming of You in 1995, which I think a lot of people just assume that's an all Spanish album and actually like, Half of it's Spanish. The other like chunk of it is in English and then a couple Spanglish tracks.
1: I mean, Dreaming of You, which was yeah. her biggest hit, is an English language song. But I yeah. also wanted to say real quick, Layla Kobo, our um, Latin editor, she, she has a way cooler title than that, director of all things Latin. She right. um, interviewed Bad Bunny. Um Around the release of uh, the new album and asked him the question that I think a lot of people have asked before, which is whether he will ever do something in English, because that's the typical path forward for a star who becomes famous making Spanish language songs is that to have that breakthrough in America, you do the, the English language songs. And he has not done that like at all. And he had what I thought was a really great answer where he said when he's writing songs, he wants it to be as like natural as possible. And he thinks in Spanish, therefore yeah. the most natural songwriting to him is in Spanish. And he thinks as a songwriter, it wouldn't make any sense or it would be completely unnatural, or he'd have to say somebody else's words, which he doesn't do. And that's why he does everything in Spanish. So it's cool that he not only sticks to his guns, but also still tops the charts
2: next up miley cyrus's plastic hearts debuts at number two on the billboard 200 it's her highest charting effort since 2013's bangers bowed at number one all told plastic hearts is her 13th top 10 album which includes all of those albums that were credited under her hannah montana alias what a also, career also uh, interesting that some people might not realize this plastic hearts debuts at number one on our top rock albums chart Uh, The album features uh, Rock Charts veterans like Billy Idol and Joan Jett, and then on the digital and streaming versions, Stevie Nicks is also on the album, Uh, and we've talked about this before. Stevie is on the mashup of Miley's Midnight Sky and Stevie's own Edge of Seventeen. She provides new vocals. Uh, Also on the album, uh, drummers Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters, as well as Angel Olsen. So whole bunch of rock folks on this album, and Miley was quite excited that the album was number one on the rock chart. She tweeted about it today and had a little video, and she seemed quite flabbergasted, so that
1: was kind of fun. Her her Pat Benatar moment, and I'm loving it. Have you listened to the (laughs) album, by the way? I have not heard the whole album, but what I have heard. Oh my gosh, I know I'm going to. I've loved everything I've heard from it so far.
2: Okay, uh, (laughs) lastly, in the big charts news for the week, while 24K Golden and Ian Dior's mood spins a sixth... On consecutive week at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, Mariah Carey's former chart topper All I Want for Christmas Is You is knocking on the number one door as the song rises 14 to 2. It's probably safe to assume that it will be number one next week, reprising its initial run at number one a year ago, 25 years after its original release in 1994. Uh, It's a very seasonal Hot 100 this week, and it will be probably for the rest of the month, Uh, As Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree jumps 21 to 4. And Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock rises, or rocks, 31 to 9. And many other familiar holiday favorites dot the Hot 100 this week. So if you're living for holiday songs, the Hot 100 is where it's at this week, kids.
1: (laughs) And now, speaking of Mariah, let's just talk a little bit about the fact that I got to speak with Mariah Carey. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, uh, I don't really have the full
2: details on any of this we've been saving it for the show and you did this interview like two weeks ago
1: yes this is true um i did publish my interview on billboard.com on uh, Thursday night ahead of the Friday release of Mariah's magical Christmas special for Apple TV+. Plus, I have not given Keith the full rundown. I guess I'll start since Keith and I are speaking on video chat. He can see my office set up here, which Queen Mariah could also see my office set up because this is where I did the interview with
2: her. And, and it's a very, by the way, it's a nice office. You would never want to see where I'm sitting on video. But <laughs> Katie, where she's sitting, it looks professional. It looks nicely lit. She has Christmas lights behind her. It's very cute.
1: Well, I'll tell you the reason I have Christmas lights behind me is because Mariah told me to put Christmas lights up because (laughs) when I talked to her, uh, she noticed the first thing she noticed was my cactus. And she's like, "Uh, that's nice, but it would be a little more festive if it had Christmas lights on it. And so now it does, because when Mariah tells you to do something, you do it. Well, you're just going to leave them up for
2: eternity, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not going to take them down. Uh, in January, like, uh, Taylor Swift and her lover song, but, um, no, I, as I put into the interview, the minute she popped up on my video screen, she was, uh, dressed in this like silver sequined gown in like an icicle dripping background of like this wow. like winter wonderland snow queen scene Wait, was it her and, house where was it oh at? surely it was not her house i actually oh. when i was watching the special last week i was wondering if it might have been one of the setups from the special but then I, it wasn't exactly the same it wasn't exactly the same dress very reminiscent but not not identical huh. and so they set this up like because some of these interviews were on tv there was a um an australian outlet that did a, a tv interview um they most of us like me and my hollywood reporter counterpart who interviewed her that day were just doing an online feature weren't using video at all so unfortunately you can't see this on billboard.com but you can read all about it but you're i getting was it like virtually wow. now you're getting the
2: audio portion of it you're getting the audio yes retelling. exactly.
1: I was like, you're you're looking particularly festive today, Mariah, because honestly, she startled me with like, I was just expecting to be, you know, just a close of her face. And I got this whole scene and she said, if I'm not looking festive, Katie, I don't know who's going to look festive. <laughs> True words so... have never been spoken. <laughs> anyway, I died. Um, So it was a real uh, like dream moment. Uh, I have always loved Mariah. But anyway, um, please go check the interview out on Billboard.com and watch the super cute special. And I, I'm pretty sure that we uh, are going to talk about a song that's right here we, from. We that are, special, but though. before we move on, yes, I, I, I haven't asked you any questions about Mariah. Yet. Oh, sorry, I just went on a
2: monologue. <laughs> was was so? Was she, is, has she been on kind of like? Have you ever interviewed her
1: before? Um, no, I've been in a press room. That she has spoken in before. Yeah. I've, like, I've never been in a press interviewed room with her. Adele,
2: and I don't. I mean, even though I asked her a question, I'm not sure that really counts. It's just one question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you no. Asked the a, answer we, is no. You and
2: I have both asked a question of Adele in a press room before. <laughs>
1: That's correct, but I would yeah. never tell
2: somebody that I had interviewed Adele. <laughs> no. But so is like Mariah been on like your bucket list of people that you wanted to interview?
1: 100%. Um, my bucket list continues to be that she'll come on this podcast one day. So. we trying. We're trying. <laughs> so, yeah, but we've been trying. Um, so she's, so you know, she's an elusive chanteuse. That's her whole deal. So. <laughs> so now should we talk about Mariah's new Christmas music? Yeah. Let's talk about more Mariah. <laughs> right. So if you have listened to any holiday playlist this season or turned on your local adult contemporary radio station, or even looked at the latest album charts, there are quite a few new holiday songs out this year. And as we've done in the past, we're going to take a look at some,
2: some of the (laughs) notable new possible Christmas classics that are spinning on airwaves
1: and getting some streaming action. And first up, we've got Mariah Carey. Uh, I was actually thinking when you were talking about the fact that um, All I Want for Christmas Is You could be going to number one next week. It was at number two this week. But what about Oh Santa featuring Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson? I wonder if that could possibly compete with the already baked in radioactivity of All I Want and streaming and all that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But let's take a little listen to Mariah Carey's Oh Santa right now. Okay, so first of all, if you are a Mariah fan, you know that this song already existed. It was on her Merry Christmas to You album, and she has reinterpreted it as a trio to fit in her new girl group, as she told me, of Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. And I have to say, I think that that vibe was definitely achieved. It felt, yeah, you know, like the Supremes or, you know, that kind of throwback, girl group vibe. Um, Keith, how are you feeling about this song?
2: Yeah, my notes were... So what what we did was, by the way, for people who have not listened to the same version of the show that we've done in previous years, Katie and I have this list of songs that we both independently listened to and have not shared our own notes. So we have our independent notes that we are now sharing for the first time with each other. Hey! We used um, to do
1: that in the same office, but this time we literally have been very yeah. separate during yeah. this experience. Um, I just basically said it's girl group realness um,
2: and... Um, it doesn't stray too far from the original version, but I do think that having Ariana and J-Hud on it really enhances it and adds a new layer to it and is more kind of playful and sassy beyond what it already was. Um, and I'm kind of living for the whistle register uh, harmonies that Ariana and Mariah have towards the end of the song. And it's funny, if you watch the video, Jennifer Hudson like looks at them like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> It's just great. I mean, but of course J HUD gets to have some like wailing moments too. It's just I think it's fun all around and yeah, it'll be super interesting to see what it does on the charts. It only came out last Friday, so its first full tracking week will be the for like the charts that come out next Monday. Right. So I mean, who knows what will happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um I don't but know it's if it's gonna be have a challenger that, for it has uh, that full
1: that full week. They did the midnight Friday, yes. the the whole thing. Um, And even though the the soundtrack to the special is an Apple Music exclusive or whatever for a week, that song was delivered to all streaming services because Mariah doesn't mess around. No, No, Um, Um, (laughs) but I did want to add. So I also agree with the harmonized whistle notes. Like to me, that was like the moment that lifted this from just being like a cute song to being, um, you know, like a moment that people are going to talk about for a long time. And then also just Jennifer Hudson's voice. The the note I made was that it cuts like a hot knife through butter because the way it just like the way it just like it was like unmistakable J Hud every time she made like a sound it was so clearly her I thought that you know the song truly gave her some some real moments to shine.
2: Um. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to Megan Trainor's White Christmas featuring Seth MacFarlane. Uh, here's a sample. Oh. Well, first of all, it's a cover of the classic Standard that was written in 1942 and first performed by Bing Crosby. And that's kind of the version that everyone knows and loves. But of course, everyone and their mom has covered this song. Um, Megan is very warm uh, in this track. Uh, it has a very kind of cozy, uh, soothing feel to it. Um, and she's quite the contrast to Seth's voice, which is quite booming. But you know, he's, he's made a number of jazz albums, and he's been quite successful on the charts. So I think it's a really interesting contrast to have the two of them together. Also, by the way, this song uh, hits number one on our Adult Contemporary chart this week, uh, dated December 12th. And we'll be noting other chart movements for the Adult Contemporary songs airplay chart dated December 12th throughout the rest of our show today.
1: And you mentioned the Bing Crosby version of the song, which is obviously the most classic, but this one seemed reminiscent of the... I call it the home alone version. (laughs) It's the drifters version that plays in home alone. Um, it's more of kind of like a doo-wop.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So that's, that's, this one was clearly more, um, based on that one, but I totally agreed with everything that you said. Um, it, it sounded like both vocals were great, but like I said, they were from two different centuries because <laughs> it felt like McFarlane's voice was like very Sinatra and Megan's was very like 2010s, 2020s pop. I think it will obviously go over well with like AC radio, because if you think about it's like today. And also, like, the very unstoppable Buble sort of the Christmas hits of songs. Hits Today and
2: Yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. All right, next up, we've got Jonas Brothers' I Need You Christmas. And here's a little teaser. I need you Christmas. Friends by the fire to- right so here's what i thought um well first off just some basic factoids around this um it debuts at number 18 on the adult contemporary chart this week it's a newly released recording for 2020 it's not some you know old thing that is randomly just tossed out in 2020 um it seems very like misty-eyed nostalgic it's very old-fashioned it's very kind of a old jazzy pop arrangement um i searched and discovered that there's actual live real instruments on this with real musicians there's a violin, a viola, an upright bass, piano, guitar, cello, like the whole nine yards. And you can really kind of hear the warmth of the individual instrumentation um, coming through. And I thought that was really cool, especially for such a contemporary pop group, to do something kind of so retro. So I think that really kind of cuts through. Also kind of the the theme of the song and kind of how we need Christmas and you need that kind of feeling this year um is something they probably really wanted to get through with the track as well and that's why it sounds the way it sounds.
1: Yeah, and I my first note is this is the COVID Christmas song which <laughs> is clearly what they were going for and it's sad. I mean, they're the three of them are brothers and them and their and their other brother and their parents are likely not going to gather this year like a lot of us and they, you know, put that into this melancholy song, but it's also a, you know, a positive song. It just reflects on all the Reasons we love the season and also, you know, makes you realize, like, you know, if we get through this one holiday, we'll get back to doing all these things again. Um, And Keith mentioned all the instruments. I saw a note that um, Kevin Jonas and Greg Kirsten both played piano on the song. so Mm. I thought that was interesting. And vocals, obviously, from Nick and Joe. Um, uh, But also, I wrote the same thing, too, that it was classic, but not boring or derivative in any way it was like it sounded classic but i couldn't tell you what christmas song it was like ripping off or something it just sounded it was the vibe of it yeah
2: i didn't get like it was trying to borrow from anything specific i just thought it was like a very classy jazzy pop kind of old-fashioned feeling it's not like how we hear other pop songs today and you're like oh that's clearly channeling whatever like i didn't feel that this way but then again I it know. was
1: original. I, I loved it. And I also like that the Joe Bros have kind of taken upon themselves to like put out a Lucy Christmas single every year, because they did it last year too with Like It's Christmas. And I think they might have had one the year before that too. So they're just working it's... up to a full Christmas album one day. <laughs> one day. Eventually. Uh, okay, so moving on, we have Carrie Underwood um featuring John Legend on Hallelujah, which is from Carrie's new Christmas album. Uh, so let's take a listen.
0: Ooh, let me... Let the
1: join My very first note is that's not Leonard Cohen. Because <laughs> I literally, I've been editing articles about this song. I've seen the title of the song dozens of times this season because Carrie's album is killing it. And. Did not know it was not a cover of the uh, very famous Hallelujah song. The
2: first thing that you think of when you see it, you're like, oh, it's a cover of Hallelujah, the song that we, nope, nope,
1: it's sure not. And Pentatonix, Pentatonix actually turned Hallelujah into a Christmas song on their album a couple years ago. So I just thought this had now become this Christmas standard. It's a brand new song, and it is a very, very pretty song. Um, I think it's going to be huge on all sorts of radio. (laughs) We've already talked about Adult Contemporary, but... I mean it's Carrie, so you know, the country stations, it's uh it's a beautiful Christian song, so the Christian radio stations, like this just hits a lot of, you know, bases. Yeah. And I was also pleasantly surprised by how well Carrie and John's vocals work together because obviously these are two people who typically work in certain genres, but they both have such smooth vocals. I think that's why their you know, their tones and their dynamics just work well together. Um, and so this is just beautiful. I thought it was a delight.
0: Yeah,
2: they, I mean, I was, I I was kind of wondering too. I'm like, are these two voices really going to work together? Because they're so distinctive and they're so pretty, and like you said, smooth. But there are certain. I mean, there's cl- it's clearly two different people singing. Very clear. It's not like yes. they're trying to sound alike. They're not trying to harmonize. But there are certain parts where they perf- they try to when they hit these really kind of clear high notes together where John hits that that kind of otherworldly high note that he can do, and Carrie can hit whatever note she wants to. (laughs) Yes. And it's it's really cool, because you're like, are they really going to do that? And then they do, and it kind of surprises you, so I thought that was fun. Um, By the way, this song is an original, as we've already kind of said, and it was co-written by John Legend, uh, with Toby Gad. And the song jumps 10 to 8 on the adult contemporary chart this week. And uh, finally, keep in mind... We're only covering a sampling of the new holiday songs that are out. Just a mere a mere teaser. A mere just a mere appetizer plate of the new songs that are out for Christmas. Uh, we've got Dolly Parton and Michael Buble's Cuddle Up, Cozy Down Christmas. Here, here's a preview. I
1: cuddle up Cozy!
2: Okay, uh, this song jumps 24 to 13 on the adult contemporary chart this week. Uh, It's a newly pinned track by Dolly from her new Christmas album, A Holly Dolly Christmas. Uh, It's a romantic little cuddly tune, cheeky and cute. Uh, It's in the vein of Baby, It's Cold Outside, Without the Possible Minefields that song entails. Um, It's just very sweet and cute. And um, I do wonder if the two of them recorded it a long time ago together in a studio because the the interplay between them is really fun. And if they didn't, well, then they did a great job faking it. And they're great actors because it sounds like that they were probably it sounds like to me that I thought they were in a studio together, like ribbing one another, but maybe they weren't. But it's really adorable.
1: I, I wrote down it's a hoot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like these two were just really charming together. I loved that when I saw that Dolly had written the song by herself. Um, I loved the little ad libs uh, between them. Um, I don't they might have been perfectly scripted, but they felt like little ad libs, um, spoken ad libs between singing. And um, it's it's a frisky song. It <laughs> I, it is. And I liked it and I made a note that our friend Mr. Bublé is forty five and Dolly's seventy-four, and I'm really living for this uh, May December reverse of what we normally see. <laughs> see, I was try- I was trying to
2: just kind of set that aside. Because you know, you know it's Dolly, you know it's Michael Bublé, and they're very—they're two very big stars, and so you immediately think of them singing it. But I think you have to like put them away and just think about two singers just singing and having a good time. And it could yep. be—it could be any woman, any man, any two people being cute and frisky with one another at the cuddly, cozy Christmas time.
1: Or maybe Dolly was sitting there writing it, thinking about Michael Bublé. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. <laughs> Uh, All I know is it perfectly encapsulated the adorability that is Dolly Parton. And I thought it was, I thought it was a hoot (laughs) as said. All right. Well,
2: uh, thank you for listening to our rambles about this year's (laughs) crop of new holiday songs. Um, I have a modified chart set of the week for Katie. Mm. Um, So we're not going to do the normal rigmarole. Uh, I'm just going to ask Katie a simple question with all this talk about holiday songs. Can you name all of the holiday songs that have reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? Keep in mind, the Hot, 100 start, the Hot 100 chart started in August of 1958. So a number of classic holiday songs that were released before the chart started obviously would have never had the chance to go to number one, you know, because it didn't start until later. So, If
1: I told you that I could name two of them, would that be the only two or have there been more? <laughs> I don't know. What are these two? Well, the two... Um, our Mariah carries All I Want for Christmas Is You, uh, which obviously memorably topped the chart in 2019. And I remember reading articles about All I Want for Christmas Is You, which I believe said that the first Christmas song to hit number one Whole lot of was, preamble here. was the Chipmunks Christmas song. That is correct. Is that it? Or are there that more? Is, that is it. Those That's the only it. two That's songs. That's so wild. That's so wild.
2: Yeah, but I mean, scroll back to like we, we mentioned White Christmas earlier by being Crosby white Christmas actually was number one on a, a chart that preceded the hot 100. It was called, I, I can't remember the name of the chart at the time. I think it was bestsellers in stores, but it was number one in like multiple years around the holidays and like the early to mid forties. Um, but that was not the hot 100 chart, so That's why I was explaining to you also point to note out to note out. Sure. That's a word. That's a phrase. Um, <laughs> There were some times. There were some times in um, certain eras, um, in previous decades, where holiday songs were not allowed to chart on the Hot mm. 100. So, all that said, like generally speaking, most holiday songs of the past have never been incredibly popular enough to ever get to number one, anyways. I
1: think the main point to hit is that we used to, you know, pull out our Mariah CD, you know, in 1998 at Christmas time or in 2001 at Christmas time. You didn't buy a new digital version and you didn't stream the songs through the entire holiday season. You were not doing anything that went toward the chart previously. And now Brenda Lee and Jingle Bell Rock and all these songs that reemerged to the top 10 and the How 100 people are listening to them. They're getting radio airplay. Yes, but they're also streaming buying, being bought on digital and it's a completely different era. So the idea that this could happen a lot more, I think in the future moving forward. With yeah. the way we consume holiday music.
2: All right. So we've reached the end of our Christmas show. Um, this isn't the last show of the year, by the way. So t- no. don't, don't think we're closing out the year with a bang. <laughs> um, what songs should we go out on?
1: <laughs> well, there was a new Christmas song that came out on Saturday, I believe. Um, Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello did a new version of the Christmas song. The Nat King Cole classic, Chestnuts are Roasting on an Open Fire. Okay. And it feels like we should give it mention. Let's do it. Uh, let's go out on that one. And we'll see you guys next time. Happy Bye. Holidays.
2: Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost sniffing at your nose. You'll tide being sung by your
0: choir. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?